0: All right, we'll say good morning. Good morning. Let us begin. Begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning's show to thank our Tomatoor sponsors for the month of ER. Stephen Terry Zinn for dedicating all the Sherman Joshos this month in honor of their newest grandson, Matan Shmuel Aaron. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, he grows to be an incredible tovos, And we thank our Day of Learning sponsors, Hilary Jacobson-Kent, creation of the yard site of her daughter, Shifra Zichron Lebracha Bas Chanadina. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Haven Aliyah, and the family in well, Chama. So with that, let us begin today's daf. Is Memtes 49 Shakiano <laughs> Vikimano what an incredible schuss we have in Miras Hashem to close out and to finish up this magnificent, overwhelming, and incredible Musahto. So again, today's page 49, Daf Memches. we am sorry, Memtes. We are picking up on Memches on the base 48B. And we left off. Um we left off Tan Rabanon, which is 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12 fourteen lines off in the bottom, so it's like, remember again, we left off in the middle of a or towards the end of a discussion regarding the shamir not the prime minister, but rather again the the interesting interest, okay, that went good, too early, I guess right so <laughs> thank you, thank you and ultimately again, so this this unique type of worm or type of yeah, type of creature that was used to cut through hard surfaces. Machlok is exactly what the Shamir was used for. Was it used for the stones of the Beisach Mektosh? Was it used for the stones, ultimately, again, of the monarchial palace? Was it used for the stones of the Khoshen? Was it used for all of the above? Okay, so we saw various discussions. Tan Shamir, Shamir, so Sokiseora. So we'll say the Shamir, the Shamir, when it's created, it's as small as a barley corn. Small as a kernel of barley. It was made in the beginning of creation. And I will say there is no hard surface that, that it can't penetrate. You can't manage it. Suggest some details about the Shamir. We'll say, ultimately, again, how do you guard it? In other words, how do you safeguard it? So you wrap it in tufts of wool. also You put it inside of a t- tube of lead or a lead tube. Filled with barley bran. Okay, so that's how you go ahead. Good to know in case you purchase a Shamir. That is how you go ahead and you care for it. I will, say, I will tell you something absolutely amazing. If you think about that Gimarra, the Shamir is the size of a barley corn, right? And yet, I will say, what does the Gimarra say? The ink of our Kashi There is no hard surface that it can't penetrate. So, I will say, the ability to get through the barriers of life and the ability to go ahead and get through the walls of life is not dependent on your physical stature or your physical might. But rather, it is fully dependent on your spiritual stamina. The smallest of creatures, the smallest of creatures, if given the power by the Ribbana Shalom, can penetrate the hardest of surfaces. If the Shamir could get through, look at that, Lashin, Inkal Davar Kasha, Inkal daver Kasha, Yachol Lambo There is no obstacle, there is nothing hard that could stand in front of the Shamir. If a creature this size, of a barley kernel that doesn't have a neshama like me and you could penetrate even the hardest surface. Then I must say there is no telling what we can accomplish. Incredible! So the Gemara goes right. I'm shira paranda, When the first place of Antish was destroyed, so this fine silk and white glass no longer existed. Say, this goes in, in line with the thing that we've been speaking about, that with the destruction of Esau Mikdash, ultimately, again, there was like a decrease in the level of lifestyle. Right? Even, even just like materially, the world was impacted. So this fine silk, this white glass, this fine crystal, ceased to exist. When the first place was destroyed, so this fine silk stopped to exist and this fine crystal and iron chariots that's an interesting one right? The iron chariots also where there was a shortage after the first base so this is interesting so they had a delicacy that came from the city of Snir which was congealed wine so they used to have this type of congealed wine that looked like a cake of pressed figs so I guess, again, it was considered to be a type of delicacy. I also remember, again, they were always drinking wine from concentrate. So I guess you have a congealed wine, so that's a, a delicacy, ultimately, again, because you take a little bit of that, you go ahead and dilute it, and then you have your glass of wine. So the idea over here is that with destruction of Yisamikdash, the Yisamikdash, the material bounty of the world was diminished as well. The nofes sufim. so also remember again, the Mishnah talks about the fact that the nofes Sufim stopped. My nofes Sufim, what is that? Amrav solas nafa. It's the type of fine flour that floats on top of the sieve, meaning that it doesn't go through the sieve because of its thickness. And it's like a dough that has been kneaded with oil and with honey. So we'll say, so again, same thing. Beis HaMikdash was destroyed. This type of delicacy ceased to exist. Levi says, <laughs> First, the fact that there used to be like a type. Again, i will say, the theme that's being expressed over here is when there was a base HaMikdash, a Beis HaMikdash, you know, we like to think about a Beis HaMikdash as a beautiful structure. Where we go to daven, we go to engage in spiritual service, and the absence of it impacts our spirituality. That statement, of course, is true. What much trying to highlight is the absence of the Beis HaMikdash impacted the world's material bounty as well. Without a Beis HaMikdash, there's a disruption in universal equilibrium. And with that disruption, everything is impacted. So the material is impacted, the spiritual is impacted, nothing is as it should be. So the master says another so lady says, what's this milk soup souping? It used to be that bakers would put two doughs, two doughs. Very right? well see. they used to often also bake bread by sticking dough against the wall of the oven. So what ended up happening is you would put two doughs. And the doughs would expand. You put them in different places in the oven. They would expand. They would meet each other. So that was a sign also of material bounty. That stopped with the base of mikdash was the shiray v'shob. And Levi Amar zedvash haba minatz minatzfia minatzfia. So ultimately, again, or Sipim Rashi says over here, he changes it. Sophim. Sorry. So this is this is honey that comes from the mountains. My mashmakhi the matagan Rosh Hashesh kima de nesan de brieusa shaiten baromi alma. So we'll say again a reference over here to bringing mountains, to bringing honey from the mountains. Tzanan hasam, we learned over there. Kala we actually saw this halacha not so long ago. In general, if you pour, if you pour from a tahar kli to a tamei you pour, let's say, the contents of a tahar to a tamei there is a nitzok, there is a flow. That flow, that flow, does not connect the kalim for tumah purposes. In other words, even though you're pouring from a tar kli into a tummy kli, ultimately, again, the connection between the tummy and the tar doesn't make the contents of the tar kli tummy, except chutz midvash Tzifim bat except for honey from Zifim and sifichim, because apparently Rashi points out that's so thick, that's so thick that it links the contents. My Zifim, what's Zifim? On Rabbi Yochanan, Shem Bo, it's the type of honey that's so rich that even if you dilute it, it doesn't change the taste. says, it's called this name because of where it comes from, Kedich Ubalos, Zifim, so, we'll say, so again, you see that the solution of Zif Ziph could either be a descriptive name, or Zif could be a geographic name. Okay. My Zif, and we'll say with these people, I will say this, this is actually talking about, over here, these people from Zif were people who tried to turn in David Hamalech to Shaul. So my Ziph, and why are they called Ziph? I'm These are people ultimately who go ahead and, We'll say, Za- zi- literally means to forge, but it means that they're dishonest with their words. Rabbi Elozer, Omer, Koman, It's also because they're from the city of Zif. zif, zif ubalos. Good. So we'll say, weiter. With the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, four lines are from the bottom of the Beis, 48b. With the destruction of the Beis Amikdash, Pasku, Anshe, and men of truth stop to exist. Rabbi Yitzchak, Elu Bnei Adam, Shin Ma'amin, and Makkadish Baruch. I will say this is incredible. What does it mean? People of Amuna stopped to exist. The Gemara says, it means exactly what it says. People of people stopped having emuna. I will say, you know, it's interesting because we're coming to a close now. Also, in uh, Shara tachon. Right, so hopefully, again, you're following along still in Shara tachon. And I will say, it's so interesting that one of the most eye-opening parts of, of learning is sefer. And I do want to distinguish that emuna and bitachon are really are really different things, we kind of use them synonymously, but the point over here is that to believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to have a sense of trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a very nuanced process, and, and really requires a certain giving over of control, which if we're honest, most of us are not really willing to do. Right? I'm willing to do missus, I'm willing to observe, I'm willing to regulate behaviors, giving over control even to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is something that is very difficult for many of us. So the Gemara says, when there was a the Beis HaMikdash, there was a sense of emuna which permeated the world. When the Beis HaMikdash was gone, it was hard to find people who possessed true emuna. It's such an incredible statement. So the Gemara goes like right there. Here it is. Here it is. Anyone who has bread in his basket and worries about what he's gonna eat tomorrow, ultimately, again, lacks faith. Lacks faith. I'll say, we literally just did this in Sharabi Abitachon. If you're following along, we literally just spoke about this, not in yesterday, what's, what's today? What's today, Friday? Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday, okay, good. <laughs> hey, hey, so, hey. so, 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 so the mice, again, in, in, it must have been in, in Monday's sheer We literally just spoke about this idea. Of how people people have this mindset of like, I'm going to focus on my spirituality as soon as I take care of all of my material needs. And what is all my material needs? Once I am financially set for the rest of my life, then I'm going to go ahead and devote myself to spirituality. Then really I'm going to up my game. But until I take care of all of my financial needs, I, I don't have the bandwidth to focus Meanwhile, the, 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 the Shabbat Dachlan says, I don't understand. You're presupposing you know what your future holds. First of all, you're presupposing how much money you know you're gonna need. You're presupposing you're gonna live for a certain amount of time. Those are a lot of presuppositions that you cannot know for sure are going to occur. So therefore, it's amazing, the Shabbat Dachlan writes, says, if you have enough to live on today, you're good. You're good, because you don't know anything beyond today. So if you have what you need today, Get working on your rochmiyos. Because Chesh Baruch is giving you what you need in order to exist for today. Keep going. So he saying well, that's the definition of Amuna as well. Amuna means bas, bas There's bread in the basket. There is bread in the basket. If there's bread in the basket, okay. I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Chavra, no one knows what tomorrow is going to bring. We never know on every single level what tomorrow is going to bring. So if you have bread in the basket today, then get moving on the rochmiyos. When the Beis HaMikdash stood, there were people who understood that. When the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, Pasquan Sheamana. I was incredible, incredible. So the Imam goes right to. I incredible. What caused the Tzaddikim to have a diminished table in the world to come? Ultimately, again, it's the fact that they lacked amuna in this world i was about to say it's. Excuse me, it's an incredible thing to think about. That what it means to have muna What it means to have muna is, I MUNA means the ability to move forward in living a spiritually productive life, even if you don't have all the answers <coughs> regarding your material wealth. See, so I was to say we're not conditioned to think this way. We are conditioned to think, and again, it's, it's, it doesn't come from a bad place. I need to have all of my material stuff figured out before I could fully go ahead and devote myself to spirituality. And I will say, if that's what I'm waiting for, most of us never have all of our material stuff figured out. So what Amuna means is, as long as you've got bread in the basket, you're good, you're good, then put your faith in HaKadosh Baruch, who's gonna take care of the rest, and you do what you need to do I e your richness, I e your spirituality. People didn't have that in the absence of the Rava Amar iluk tanim bene Rasha. Shabbos, listen to this. This refers ultimately again to the children of Rishoim, top of memtes. Shemavaz vizen So laasid lavo. Shabbos, listen to this. Who help to go ahead and take care of the judgment of their parents in the world to come. Shabbos said, this is incredible. What, what, what does this mean? L- listen to this profound Gemara. So the Gemara is talking about over here Rishayim whose children die. So I will say so when when obviously the loss of a child is is, an, is an overwhelming and immeasurable loss. So I will say so the children of Rishayim advocate for their wicked parents in the world to come. How so? The children say Baruch Hu. The children say, "Ahu, once you're going to extract punishment from our parents in the world to come, why did you punish them in this world as well with the loss of a child?" So I' we'll say, "Isn't that incredible?" So I we'll so again, so much to say over here. Let's go Viter., how you call Riv. Rabosei, were it not for the tzilos of David malek on behalf of Kalal Yisrael? Kalal Yisrael would be, Rabosei, mochrei revav. Mochrei revav means grease salesman. Rabosei, selling grease, selling schmaltz, right, is an honest business. What's the problem? The problem is all of your clothing is stained. Right, because l'maysa, l'maysa, it's schmaltz, it's grease. So, i we'll say, so it was considered to be a degrading profession. You can, make what you, need, you can make what you need, but it's degrading. So, the Gemara says over here, were it not for the tefillos of David Amalek, cloudy Israel would go out and be grease salesmen. So, i we'll say, so ultimately, again, absolutely an incredible idea. But we'll I just want to point out, it's also a lesson. It's also a lesson in Koach ha-tfilo. You know, sometimes we dive in for certain things and we don't get what we want. It happens. So Sometimes maybe it happens often. We don't get what we want. And we often look at those tfilos as tfilos which failed. So I will say, there's no such thing as a tefillah that fails. There's no such thing as a tefillah that doesn't affect change. Right? But Lemaissa, again, Lemaissa, Tfilos often are directed in different ways. David HaMelech never explicitly davened for this. But Lemaissa, again, David HaMelech uttered many, many tfilos on behalf of klavi Yisrael. And what the Gemara is saying over here is David Amalat's Tfilos on behalf of the cloud. Maybe they didn't always get him exactly what it is that he wanted, but they had a general positive effect on the cloud they uplifted the cloud. Such an incredible way for us to look at tefillah. Bab Rabila, Rabbi Varcha, Malit Tila or not for the tefillah of we Or not for the tefillah of Khabakuk, ultimately, again, how you base achos. So we'll say then two Torah scholars would cover themselves with one blanket, and would learn that way. In other words, we're not to the Torah of so Tamidi Chachamim would learn Torah in abject poverty. In abject poverty. Shne emar, Hashem shamati, shamacha, yarisi Hashem palacha, bekerf shnaim chayeyu. Al tikra bekerf shnaim, ela bekirov shnaim. Okay, a little bit of a play on words. So Chabakuk's Tfila helped in that Tamidi Chachamim when they learned don't have to learn abject poverty. Both said this is incredible. Who are walking on the road, right, and do not learn Torah together. Right, are, are worthy of being burnt in fire. The reason was there was speech. Haleka dibor, where they're not speech, in other words, speech of Torah, Ruoyen Lisarif. Ultimately, again, they're fit to be burned. So we'll say, Rashi says over here, Ruoyen Lisarif, Shamanas kein baharechev eish alehim. Fine. So we'll say, so first i I'll take a look, take a look. The Pasuk over here is talking about by Elisha. When ultimately, again, Elisha and Elio are going ahead and walking together, this is when Elio is taken up to Shemayim in a fiery chariot. So the Gemara says, the reason why they weren't burned was because they were talking Torah. So I will say, also, like, an incredibly profound Gemara. A profound Gemara on, on two levels, I will say, which is, if you think about it, this is, Shnei Tamidicham Ahalchen Badarach. They're walking on the road, they're not on the base edge. So it's, like, so it's not saying over here, two are sitting in the base madrish, they're supposed to be learning, right? This, we, we, we could relate to this scene. I'm sitting in the base manager's, I'm supposed to be learning, but I said, I'm not learning. I said, What am I doing? What am I doing? I'm schmoozing. I'm schmoozing. Sakiron Samf the Gemara was saying over here that if that happens again, they should be burnt by fire because here they're sitting in the base manager's and they're wasting their time. We'll say, What's the scene over here? They're walking on the road. I'll say, What do you see over here? What does it take to be a tam Chacham? What does it take to be a Tam Tracham? It's not the simple ingestion of knowledge. What it takes to be a Tam Tracham is to be a person who is always living a purposeful life. When you're walking on the road, what are you doing? What are you doing? And this is such an incredible use of because so often in life, when we are not engaged in a formal activity, we're often not utilizing our time in a maximum capacity. It doesn't mean I have to be learning all of the time. Now, because there's a time to relax and there's definitely a time to choose and a time for all of those things. But once again, is my time and is my life used in a directed way? That's the shayla. I was about to say, we spoke about this, I don't remember the other context about this last week. But like, if you were to look at your day and plug in what you did at every part of the day, would it be a day well used? Is a time well used? Am I optimizing? Am I optimizing the moments of life? You what will say, doesn't mean that I don't waste any time. No, of course, all of us inevitably waste time. Not that I set out to do so, but it just happens. But the Shail is bigadol in a general sense. Is my time maximized? That's what it's saying over here. Shnei What are you doing when you walk with your friend? What are you doing? You're shooting the breeze. You're making small talk. Right, what 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 are you doing, and what it means to be a tan is someone who optimizes every single moment. And if you don't, and if you don't, then what are you doing? Then what are you doing with your life if you're just willing to let those small moments squander? We're willing to squander the small moments. Okay, let's go back there. We do time. it's just too good. It's too good. It's it's. Yeah. Okay. I rely, right. say, I just want to point out. I'm not doing it justice. Shavuos is coming. Shavuos is coming. Right. It, it, it's such a golden opportunity to just review these gemaras. Hmm. Even if you don't delve into deeper pshat, I will say even just pashat pshat, just reading these gemaras is just overwhelming. So the gemara goes like the two who live in the same city. They know this is this is this is, this is I would say, literally again, they are not pleasant to one another in halacha. Now I would say, nochin could mean a number of different things. Nochin means that they don't converse with each other. Nochin could mean they don't acknowledge each other's opinion. They don't try to learn from one another. Or they're not deferential to one another. Then what's the halacha? Echad meis ve'echad gola. One of them dies and one of them is sent to Galas. Now I would say, Rashi points out over here that what ends up happening is, one of them kills the other one accidentally. That ends up happening. So therefore, again, one is dead. And now, of course, remember again, the sentence for accidental murder is gulos. Shneemar lonus shamer rotsiachas shayirzach das say, by what's that? What's the peshtat that? when you have two talmidim in a city, I will say, the general population looks at how those people interact with each other. Right? They look, how do tamlidi how do the ambassadors of Torah interact with each other? And if those individuals do not display proper derecharetz and do not display proper coverage for one another, it erodes the covenant of Torah in the eyes of the general population. And that's who says. So if Rabbanim, if if leaders in a community, they can't interact pleasantly with one another, then ultimately, again, you're not fit for leadership. You're not fit because you're not setting the right example for the general population. Again, incredible. Any Talmud who learns Torah, "Mitoch means from adversity. Really, it usually means from poverty, right? From, from <coughs> difficulty. From difficulty, <coughs> his <tfilah> is heard. It says afterwards, So I will say, so isn't this incredible? Anytime Chachem learns learn Torah from adversity, his tefilos are heard. I will say, what's the It's very simple. I we'll anyone could do the right thing. Anyone can learn Torah. And Hu, when you have everything you need materially, I will say, "We know this. What tests our resolve in life is when one is struggling financially. If I am struggling financially, do I keep up my commitment, my connection and my resolve? And often the answer is no. And I will say, it's not an indictment of those of us who can't, because it's hard. It's really hard, it's really difficult. But when I Chacham, Who's able to keep it up? Who's able to keep it going? Even mitoch such a person establishes a special bond with the ribon shalom, and the specialness, the uniqueness of that bond is 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 manifest in the fact that his tefillos are answered. Incredible. The Gemara goes So the Gemara says Rabbi Yehavah Amar must be an awesome tziv shchina. Such a person, ultimately, again, who is able to keep up his connection to Hashem even from the midst of adversity, ultimately is sustained from the Divine Presence itself. Shnei Amar vayuinecha rose has moracha. Rabbi Acha Rakanina Amar af pargot nin al we'll befanav. let say such a person, even the curtain does not go ahead and stand. Let's we'll say there's this expression that the ribonosh on the shchina resides from behind the curtain. So the curtain usually represents this idea that there's only so close that a person is going to be able to get to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's a certain distance. A Tamit Chacham, who devotes himself to Torah even in the midst of adversity, Nothing stands in his way to creating a connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So when you're able to keep up your spiritual connection, even in the midst of adversity, your tfilos have a special power. You are sustained from the Shrina itself, and you are Zoha to have a unique, close and intimate relationship with the Ribash. will say reminiscent of the Shamir. The same right, nothing stands in the way of the Shamir, nothing stands in the way of the Tamkhacham who keeps going even in the midst of adversity. Incredible. So The boss says since the destruction of the Besamik HaMikdash, every day brings with it greater adversity than the one before it each day gets increasingly harder so the gemara says mm-hmm. so so uh mar baboke tomar erev erev ba erev so we'll say this is the tokka in the morning you'll say who will give me evening and in the evening you'll say who will give me morning to which the gemara says focusing say focusing on that last on that last phrase hi boker. so we'll say when we say in the in the evening you'll say when will the morning come which morning are we talking about if you say it's tomorrow's morning, my hobby. how do you know, about say that tomorrow's morning is going to be any better than today? de We'll say this is profound. Rather, what it means is, in the evening of suffering, you'll say what? If only I could go back to yesterday's morning. So we'll say, you know how this works in life? That sometimes when you're going through a rough period, a rough period, and you're at, a, you're at a difficult moment, you think back, to previous times of adversity, and you say to yourself, you say to yourself, that was nothing. Right? That was absolutely nothing. So that's part of the tokocha. Part of the tokocha is In the evening, right? Nighttime in general represents difficulty, adversity. Like in the height of suffering, you'll say, oh, if only I could go back to the morning. If only I could go back to what was. To what was. But I will say, if you think about it, it's an incredible yusod, which is, an really incredible yusod, which is, when we encounter adversity, there should be a part of us that's happy. Why? Do know this sounds strange. Why? Because say, if you could weather adversity, just know what that will do is give you the strength to do other things in life. Because if you're able to weather difficult moments, when you encounter something smaller, what will you say to yourself? What do you say? I got this. I got this. I, 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 I live through that. I took care of that. So when we face big challenges in life, again, the little bit of nechama we should have is, okay, if I could just get through this, it almost no, it tells me I can get through anything that's smaller than this, less intense than this later on. And that's a chizik. The Gemara goes weiter. So the Gemara says, So I'll say, so listen to this. The Gemara says, well, if that's the case, let's get ready for this. If that's the case, that since the base of mikdash has been destroyed every day, Gets increasingly more difficult, then how is the world sustained? Then how is the world sustained, right? And I was about to say, like, it keeps getting more and more difficult. So, how is the world sustained? Get ready for this. And I was about to say, How is the world sustained? By Kiddusha Desidra. I was to say, What's Kiddusha Desidra? Uvalatzion. Right? Where again we answer Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. kadosh. That, that's Uvalatzion. And Yehi Shmei Okay, that's Shnei Mar. of Afsek Of Tzamos V'Zdarim. How dorim Darim Tefia So we'll say, what's the P'shat? Take a look at Rashi. Akidusha the Sidra. Kidusha Akidusha Shel Teknua Oskin BaTorah Bechol Yom Dovar Muat. We'll say, ultimately, if you look at Uvalat Zion, Uval is a compilation of Psukim from Tanach. From Tanach. Why did Chazal institute Uvalat This way. Every single Jew is learning Torah every day. A little bit of sorry, all of Khalis, Olive Khalis is learning the same Torah every single day. Shomer Kriyaso, Bitargumo, The Hein Ka Oskinba Torah, The Khaivan Shinoi, Bahol Yisra, Bitamidum Amiya Aret, The Esh Kanstein Kidusha everyone is learning the same Torah learning same Torah. learning the same Torah. Everyone's learning the same Torah every single day. He goes on. He says, the Torah is very important. So again, what's happening over here? It's incredible. I will say. So what sustains the world? What sustains the world? and will say. So what is what is the common denominator between these things? Everyone's doing the same thing. Everyone's doing the same thing, right? We're all, in Uvalat we're all learning the same Torah. In Amenya Hashem, and Rabbah, we're all answering the same words. See, said, do you know what sustains the world in the absence of the Beis HaMikdash? Do you know what sustains the world? Chalad Yisrael's Achtos and Ruchnius. When we are all doing the same thing together, that's what sustains what Rabbi So listen to this says the of the Rakra what do you see from here the power of dafyomi cuz what is dafyomi we're all learning the same gemara every single day. i mean we're behind moshi but again the rest of the world right right again i will say we're all learning the same gemara every single day there's a power there's a power to Klavi Yisro, not just that, learning Torah, of course, is beautiful. Le- Torah sustains the world. But what you see from this Gemara is what? There's a power when we do the same spiritual lift. There's a power when we're doing the same thing together. We're learning the same and Yimenovalot Siyom. We're answering the same Amen Yeheh Shmei Rabba. And we're learning the same Plat Gemara every single day. do you realize what's happening today? Do you realize that today Klav Yisro is being Messiah Masech I said, do you, really, do you know what that means? Dude, it's not just us. It's not just a couple of guys. It's not just the Shia, It's not just this. Kalav hundreds of thousands of Jews. We are part of the chevra that's doing this. Hundreds of thousands of Jews are finishing Mesecha Sota today. On the 30, 41st day of the Omer, a period of time in which, again, the Tamidim of Rabbi Ya'kiva died. Whatever it means, it means they couldn't be Biacha. They couldn't get it together to coexist. And what are we doing on this 41st day of the Omer? We are finishing Mesecha's Sota together. This is our Uvalet This is our Amen Yehish And this is how we sustain our world until we get our Beis Hamikdash back. Incredible. Ultimately again, there was no dew, no dew that fell, right? And ultimately again, the, the, the flavor was taken away from fruit. So we'll say once again, further examples of how the world materially and physically was impacted by the destruction of Esamiktosh. Tanya, Shimon Allah Omer. Tara, Batla, sorry. Tara, Batla Tamreach. When there is no more purity in the world, the sense of scent is taken away. Incredible. Meiser, sir. B tell Shuman Dagon. when people aren't careful with myesrus, ultimately again the fat of the wheat is taken away. Ravosa, get ready for this story. It's incredible. Huna Ashkach to Marta Rav Ravhuna found, we'll say a fat date, right? Mamish, like a, like a like a date, right? Like a date, not like a not like a little like Tubishvat date you get in your paper bag, right? I was gonna say like like this 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 was like a, like that's a godless date, right? This was this was a fat date that he found, right? An oozing date. And what happened? Shakla, he took it, karcha and he wrapped it up in a cloth. He wrapped it up in a cloth. rabba bere, So I must get ready for this story. His son Raba came. Amarle, marchina recha dechinunisa. I smell a delicious date. Smell delicious date. So the father says, so ultimately again, Rafuna says, Amrlie bini tara My son, the fact that you have the sense of scent that you smell, that means you have tara. You have holiness, purity. So what happens? You have an So ultimately again, so we'll say, so Rafuna gives it to his son, Rabba. Abba So we'll say, then Abba, the son of, the son of Rabba. Right? So remember again, you have Rafuna the father. Rafuna gives it to his son, Rabba. Right? Rabba's son, Abba, Comes along, and what happened? Shakla and and Rabbah gave the date to his son Abba Amrale. So we'll say, the father, grandfather, grandfather says, My son, you have made my heart glad, but you've punched me in the teeth a little bit, right? In other words, literally, you've right, you've punched me." In the teeth. So he says, was Rafuna upset? Rafuna was he was so proud of his son Rabbah, because Rabbah ultimately again had the sense of scent, which means he had tara." But why was, what, what was he a little bit offended? I gave you a gift. I gave you a gift, and then you gave it to your son. We'll say, get ready for this. This is what people say. Right? The compassion of a father is on his son. abani. But the compassion of a son is on his son. And we'll say, what this tells you is, the relationship between father and son is not a reciprocal relationship. It's a very profound Gemara. It's not a reciprocal relationship. A father would do anything for his son. A son would not necessarily do anything for his father. A son would do anything for his son. Would do anything for his son. But a son wouldn't necessarily do anything for his father. So the Gemara says. <laughs> By B- 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 Yaakov Bar Bartey, tells the story. B- Rav Bar Yaakov ultimately again raised his grandson, Ravyakov, who was the son of his daughter Kigadal. When he got older, Amarle Ashkin Mayo, he said to his grandson, "Can hey, you bring me some water?" Amar Lo Lav So the grandson said, "I'm not your son." In words, he said, "I don't have to bring you water. He raised this boy. He raised this boy. Yet I will say again, I want to just point out it's the nature of the word. I will say, by the way, I just want to point out this is in Ruchnius also. Our Father loves us more than anything and would do anything for us. And I will say the truth is, the love is often not reciprocal. If we're honest, right? We have a Father who would give us and do anything for us, right? Literally move heaven and earth. And the truth is, there's only so far that often we're willing to go for Him. Right? So it's a, profound, it's a profound life dynamic that finds its expression in a spiritual Father as well as a physical Father. Dharmi Rabbi, Ravi Bar Bar Tachana. So we'll say, this is what people say. The expression goes, raise him, raise him, but yet he's still the son, but he's still your grandson. In other words, it sounds bad in the Aramaic. But I want to say, but but Yisrael, but, says, sometimes again, you could raise a person like your child, but if they're not there, your child, ultimately again, is only so far that they're going to go. Incredible. All right, we'll say let's go back there. A lot more to do still. So, Bepul Moshe shall aspanyos right? In the, literally again, during the Siege of Vespasian. Alright, during the Siege of Vespasian, Ghazwa Tarz Hassan, they were gozer ultimately again that Hassanim cannot wear their crowns like a wreath like a wreath, So we'll say, this mission is talking about various things which were instituted, Zechah the Khorban, to remember the destruction of Beis HaMikdash. So we'll say, now, this is even before the destruction. This was the siege of Vespasian, Hasanum can't wear their crowns, Vala irus and about irus, we will see what the end of the Gemara. The Pohosh titos when Titos ultimately again surrounded Yerushalayim, gazru al Kalos, they said Kalos cannot wear their tiaras, again for slowi lam in adamas pinolibus person shouldn't teach his son greek but pomos achron with the final siege of jerusalem which was also by titus by titus ultimately again before social base mendash gazu sotetia kalab perion beso khair they they decreed that a kalosh should not go out in the canopy in the city I've seen and the rabbis allowed it. Shetei zayakal ba'pir misachir. Mishavis <laughs> Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir died, but lomoshlei mashalos. Those who could go out and give parables died along with him. He was the last of the parable givers, right? Mishavis Benazayim Benazayim died, but lachak donim. The diligent ones were finished. Mishavis Ben Zoma Ben Zoma died, but ladarshanim. The darshanim died. Mishavis Rabbi Akiva. Battle Kaverat Torah. died. Kaverat Torah died with him. Mishavis Rabbi Hanina ben dosa and an she'maisa, men of great deeds died. pasku When Rabbi Yossi Katnasa died, the pious ones died. Why did they call Katnasa? Katnasa He was the smallest, so to speak, of the Hasidim. Rabbi ben died. along ziv her. the splendor of wisdom died along with him. died. Uma umesa tara tara also left Pavi died Rabishwaben Pabi. The splendor of the Kahuna died as well. Bosa Nat Pavi was a coin. He was not a coin, but rather again we're going to see he providing Nasas Archen for the Kohanim. So Mishamesra Rebbi, when Rabbi died, but al anovaviras. Humility and fear of sin died as well. Bosse, I just want to point out once again, not doing this justice. The the fact that when each of these people died, certain attributes died with them was representative of who they were. In other words, if you do the character analysis and the biographical analysis of each of these people, it's understood why these particular traits died along with them. Gamara says as follows. So I'll say, but I just want to point out, there's two different geirsas over here. One geirsa has this as part of the Mishnah. One geirsa has this as part of the Gemara. We'll just read it still as part of the Mishnah. So Rebbeinu has been yar Omer. So also when the base mikdash was destroyed, so also when the base mikdash was destroyed, ultimately again the chaverim became embarrassed and bnei chorin write the rosham v'nedadlo an Again, literally they covered their head, and also we're going to see what this represents with the, with the destruction of the base mikdash. There was a total power imbalance. And suddenly again, the lowliest people took the reins of power and Tamidi Chachamim were relegated to a low tier, low status. And I will say, who was catapulted to power? People with physical might and people who slandered and spoke ill of others. V'In doresh, Vein shoel. Um, so I'll say, who do we have to rely upon in the aftermath of the destruction of Beis HaMikdash? We have no one else other than our Kaddish Baruch Hu. Rabbi the God of the Omer, from the day that Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, the Chachalim became, ultimately, Rabbi Azra, like teachers, like teachers of children, the Sefaya teachers of children, became like the Gaboim, the Chazana and the Gaboim, everyone was relegated to a lower status with the structure of Esamikdash, and ultimately Amaratzim, Azla Vidaldola, ultimately again, I will say, even became more ignorant, no one's asking questions, no one's searching, will say, who do we have to rely upon, I just want to point out over here, it's so interesting because this is so not the way you normally find Gimara. There's such a feeling of like desperation in this Mishnah. But I must say, understand, when the Vesamekosh was destroyed, there was an existential danger to Klal Yisrael. You know, we're 2,000 years out and we see Baruch Hashem, we live in a golden age of jewelry. But on the same way, the Beis was destroyed. It was not clear that Chalilisro was going to survive this. It's that sense of unknown and it's that sadness and it's des- that sense of desperation that you hear echoed in this Mishnah. Let's go back to it. Be'ikvos the I will say in the right? I will say there will be an overwhelming chutzpah. There will be an arrogance and a brazenness in greater society. Yukar. so we'll say, so we, we'll Yukar. Ultimately, again, everything, everything will become very expensive, right? Inflation. So monarchy will become agnostic. God will be removed from the public space. And no one will rebuke. We'll say, it sounds like he's coming today, right? Say, so again, I'm just pointing out, we we'll say, what you begin to see is, what, no, we'll say, all what he's describing, what he's describing is the current decline of society. The removal of God, the overwhelming chutzpah, inflation, right? So again, society will come to a point of desperation, where there's going to be no, no way out but a Mashiach v'isva'i gelis'nus, ultimately say what was formerly a gathering of places for Chachamim will become a place of immorality, v'a galil the galil will be destroyed, v'a gavlan the gavlan will be desolate, v'a gavlan is, v'a anshiya yisuvu me'erle, ev'lo yichaneinu, and we say the people of the border cities, normally again, the most secure place to live was a border city, those people will be displaced, They'll go from city to city, and ultimately no one will take a passion upon them. so from Tisrach, and ultimately again, the wisdom of the sages ultimately will decay. The Yirei Chet those who fear sin will be despised. ne'ederes. Truth will wander. Naran Pnei Yabinu, the youth will mistreat the elderly. Zekinim Yandum the elderly will stand up out of deference for the young. Ben Menavel Av, a, f- a son will disgrace his father. Bas kama ba'ima. A daughter will rebel against her mother. Kala ba'chamosa. A daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. ish anche beso. A person's own family will become his enemies. Pnei <laughs> hadar The face of the generation will be like the face of a dog. And that's not a compliment. So I just want to point out how you see Chazal feel about dogs. Okay. enom is Ultimately, again, the son will no longer be embarrassed in front of his father. So I will say, it's, it's scary, by the way. It's scary what the Mishnah is describing over here. No respect. Children won't respect their parents. Society, right, the youth, will not respect the elderly. God is removed from the public sphere. Right, ultimately, again, chutzpah, arrogance, prevails in every area of life. Religiosity, spirituality, is no longer something that is respected. And who do we have to rely upon? Who can we rely upon? I will say all you have to, and, and, and there's only one entity you could turn this around, and that's the Balnashal. I will say when they said that by the, by the siege of Vespasian, they decreed that the chassan can't go out like with his with his wreath. So what kind of wreath? Of salt and sulfur. So we'll say, Rashi points out to her, they used to use like rock salt that looked like, a, that looked like a crystal. They would make these beautiful crowns. But ultimately, if he wants to use, he wants to wear a crown, right? A crown of myrtle branches and of roses, that's on. It. Even if it's made out of hadassim or, or roses, he still can't use it. If you want to make it out of reeds and sedges, that's mutter. He said, Av shal kam v'shachilas. I say said no, no. Any type of crown is aser. The tiny leg of Masnisa. Av shal kam v'shachilas aser. So I say Levi was of the thinking that Allah lock myself with the siege of Espan. Any type of crown became prohibited. V'ala irus. They also decreed about Eros. My Eros, I'm Rabbi Lozrat Tabela de Chad Tuma. So this is very interesting. Tabuk de means the E says is an instrument. It was a bell with one clapper. This, this references back to the previous Mishnah. We spoke about the idea about the, the prohibition on music in the aftermath. Again, the Mishnah said the dissolution of the Sanhedrin, but it's also tied into the destruction of Asa Mikdash. So Rabba Rafuna, Abit Lay Libre, Tanbura. Well is incredible. Suraba Rafuna made for his son's chasana. A tanbura was what's a Tambura. A tambourine. A tambourine. So so I say his father came along and broke it. So you can't use it. You can't use it. Because ultimately, again, it can be confused with a bell with one clapper, which is Aser. What can you do? Make yourself a drum. Make yourself a drum. So will say, it's actually interesting that Chazal never legislated on drums. When they legislated, ultimately again, against instruments, it was dafka that instruments, but drums was, very will say that's so how you'll find, by the way, some, some even to this day, Minagiru Shalayim, is that in certain circles, even at a chasana, ultimately again, they only use a drum. They will not use other instruments. Again, we pass like the Shulchan that says that the prohibition on music was only what we'll call frivolous non-mitzvah music, but mitzvah-related music is absolutely permitted. But again, good. So, in the in the siege of, of Titus. They said the kalos can't wear their crowns. My ataras What's the ataras kalos? So the says, Amar this referred to a unique a unique tiara. That the Jewish woman would wear, which was a golden tiara that had like the skyline of Yerushalayim, um, not embedded, uh, engraved, engraved on it. So, that, uh, again, by the, by the siege of Vespasian, or by the siege of Titus, they, at a sign of mourning, they said a person can't wear these, a person can't wear this anymore. Okay, we learned this, Kalos, we we'll say, what is, what is the crown of the collar Yerushal Zalb. Ava osa osa kipa shamilas, but she can wear a a like a head covering of fine wool. Tana afal chupas and gazru. They also goes gazru chupas chasan my chupas chasanim zohores hamizuhebes. This was this was a canopy that was made ultimately again of red wool, so intertwined with golden thread. Tana mihachi elohin chupas chasanim. What's the chupas chasanim zohores hamizuhebes? Avah osa. Papyrus, so what can you make? So you can't, but you can make a chuppah made of lattice work and hang anything else you want. in it's good. So we'll say you cannot. So one of the other decrees they made during the siege of, of Titus is you cannot go ahead and teach your son Greek. We'll say, get ready for this. Get ready for this. This is wild. The Aristibulus Mibifdim. say one of the sieges of, of Titus, right, was actually a result. The first siege of Titus, not the one that results in the structure of Beis Amikdosh, was a result of a dispute between two Chashmonoi brothers who were fighting over the throne. And they actually invited Titos, they invited the Greek general, one of the brothers, invited the Greek general to help him conquer Yushalayim. say so again, the Gemara says, Horkinus. And Aristobulus, they're Jews, by the way. They're, those are Hashmonai brothers, right? They're Jews, they're Gohanim, with Greek names, which tells you, ultimately, again, where they were holding in life. So, ultimately, they're fighting over Yusha. Horkinus is outside. Aristobulus has control of the city. every <laughs> day. <laughs> so, let's remember, again, the Big fish is still standing, but there's a siege. What do they need? They need sheep. They need animals for the Talmud shal shachar, shal Morning Talmud, afternoon Tammid. So, every day, what would they do? They would lower money in the basket, and the besieging army on the outside would put in two sheep into the basket, and they would bring it up. I will say, when Jews go to war against each other, right, everyone has a vested interest in the continuity of the Beis HaMikdash. Right? So again, I know we're at war, I know there's a siege, we'll send you down money, you'll send us up animals. This way again, a vodah goes on. A Volda goes on, I will say, by the way, I just want to point out, when you fight with a Jew... This is how you have to fight. I mean, this isn't the ideal, right? But, but, but say again, even when we have disagreements, disagreements have to be done in a way where ultimately we can still rally around certain core principles. So the Mark goes right to what happened? There was a Jew, an old Jew, inside of the city who knew about Greek wisdom, which means he knew Greek. So we'll say, so this Jew, who was apparently again a Greek sympathizer, or at least a sympathizer with Horkunus, who was the Hashmonai brother on the outside, told them, listen guys, you are never going to conquer the city as long as they are doing the Abod in the Beis HaMikdosh. As long as they're offering the Tumid, you have no chance of ever breaching the city. So right, if you want to breach the city, you need to stop the Tamid. So the Machar Shoshullah <laughs> Dinar so I'll we'll say the next day, the Jews in the city sent down money in the basket, and what happened? The Ham Chazir. And say, they put a chazer in the baskets instead of a sheep. I will say second wine line. Once the chazer got to half halfway up the wall, naat of it dug its uh, it's dug its nails, it hulps into the wall. It wouldn't go up anymore. I will said the entire Eretz Yisrael well, for four hundred shook and I will said the notion that a chazer that a chazer the avi avos was being hoisted up the walls of Yerushalayim as a carbon, and made the entire land shake to its core. So at that point, they said two things. Say, cursed is the person who raises, who raises pigs, who raises chazir in Eretz Yisrael. And I will say, cursed is the person who teaches his son Greek wisdom. Because remember again, the way that the people on the outside got this message is someone on the inside communicated in Greek to the people on the outside. So the people on the inside that didn't know Greek had no idea what he was saying. So Kurzer is the person who teaches his son Greek. So will say that year, that year, there was a general blight upon the crops. So they were only able to get barley from the Omer, from Ganos Street, from which is far from Yerushalayim, and the Sheteh from from the Valley of Ein Suhar. Normally, they were able to get barley for the Omer right outside of Yerushalayim. But that year, they were unable to. So we'll say, He can't learn Greek from kodesh So listen, Israel. Why is there a need to learn Sersi? Either, Rather, we should either know Hebrew or Greek. From Rabbi Yosef, Why do I have to learn in Bava Lash HaRami? Ela O O Parsi. Lashon so again, you see from here that you're allowed to learn Greek. So I will say, no, there are two different things. There's Greek language and there's Greek wisdom. Chazal legislated on learning Greek wisdom. The language, if you want to learn the language, learn the language. That, that was never the Takhono. The Chachmas Yivan Asmiyasi. I will say, is it azar to learn Greek wisdom? What does it mean when it says, Ene Olo L'Nafshi, Iri, listen to this. He says, there were 500 students in the house of my father. Right? This is 500 students in the house of my father. Right? Chamey Shmiyos Lamdu Torah, Torah, a thousand. Right? five hundred learned Torah the and five hundred learned Greek wisdom following the Ellaani. and out of all of them I'm the only one left so I will say'm here and my literally again my my cousin my father's brother's son is in Asia. So, what do you see from here? That again, in the house of apparently they were teaching Greek wisdom. Shiny <speaking> Shul, <in Hebrew> Rabbi Gamil's house is different. Why? The Krovon of Malchus Habu. Rabbi Gamliel was very close to the monarchy. It's right, the Greek monarchy. So, because Rabbi Gamil was close to the Greek monarchy, therefore, what? He had to know Greek wisdom and he had to train others to be able to relate to the Gentile government as all well. The Sanya, Mesaper Kumi, so I a which refers ultimately again, refers to a type of haircut, right? This is the Baluris. This is where they would go out and cut their hair in front and allow it to grow long in the back. So if someone does that, You're both going say, this is the ways of the Amori. Meaning, uh, this is following the path of the Gentile. Avtulus <laughs> ben ruuvein Heterolo Saper kumi. Avtulus ben ruuvein, they permit him to get this type of haircut. Why? Shukar Vlamachus because it was since he had to travel ultimately again in Greek, in the upper circles of Greek, in the, in the circles of the upper Greek echelon, they permitted him to get this type of haircut. And similarly again, in the, ha- the family of Gamil, they allowed them to learn Greek wisdom. Why? Because ultimately again, they were close to the monarchy in the final siege they decreed that a Akala should not go out in her canopy my time what's the reason so because of modesty here we go when died. was buried when he was buried the Sefer Torah was buried as well. They refer to Rabbi as a Sefer Torah because he possessed all of the knowledge. So when he died, it was as if the Torah itself was buried. Meshamesh Rabbi Yoshua Batla Rabbi Yeshua died. eitzah proper counsel, died with him. Umach Shava and good thought. Rabbi Akiva, Batla So when Rabbi Akiva died, literally the hands which upheld and supported Torah. Rabbi Akiva was someone who literally again was able to wrap his arms around the entirety of Torah. When he died, there was no one else with that breath of knowledge. The nistatma mayanos achakma, and ultimately, again, the wellsprings of wisdom were stopped up. Mushi beis Shabbos ben Azariah and Shabbos ben Azariah died. But again, the crowns of wisdom ultimately again passed away as well. Shat tars chachamim ashram, the crown of wisdom of the chachamim is their source of both. Mushi beis Shabbos ben Dosa, but la anshem esrach ben Dosa died ultimately, again, men of great deeds died as well. ben Katnusa, When ultimately, again, Abiyosi ben Katnusa died. Hasidim, right? There were no longer any pious people. ben Why did they call him Abiyosi the son of Katnusa? Because Because he was the smallest of the Hasidim. That's not, of course, physical stature. That means, again, out of all the Hasidim, he was the smallest, right? He was the smallest. But yet, when he died... The period of Khasideh ended. Mishmesh ben Azai when Ben Azai died, the diligent people died along with him. Mishmesh ben Zoma died, or diligence died with him. Mishmesh ben Zoma and Ben Zoma died. Batla d'ashanim, the ceased. died with him. a lot A plague of locusts came for Rabut Saros, and there were many difficulties. Mishmesh Ravish when Rabbi died, Hoch Saros. There were even more Tsaros. When Rebbe died, ultimately again, another humility and fear of sin died with him. said to the Tan of the Mishnah, No, 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 don't say with Rebbe that when Rebbe died, humility died, because I'm still here and I am still humble. I am still humble. He's saying, humility didn't die. There's you know, I, will say, I know it sounds like a contradiction in statement, right? You're telling people that you're humble. So, I will say, so again, actually, Lublin Arav, once again, Ramir Shepeda Lublin explains, what is he saying? What he's saying is, well, there are two different levels of humility. Sometimes a person could know they know everything and still be humble. That's the highest level of humility. That's Rebbe. That's Rebbe humility. To know everything to know you know everything and still be humble. Or we'll say, what Rav Yosef is saying is, I'm also humble. There's still humility in the world. Right? But L'may Sawat, it's a different kind of humility. I don't know everything and I know I don't know everything. So when Rebbe died, a certain level of humility, those who know everything but still feel humble, that died. But the concept of humility still exists in the world with me, a different kind of humility. What's my humility? I know that I don't know everything. So humility still exists. Tana. Tana, "Lo tisni Don't say that yiraschet died with Rabbi. Why di For I am still here as well. They will say. I just want to point out. How do we take in a gemara like this? Because the shtadrab will say this is the most depressing end of a mesecta, right? We're learning pers- great person after great person who died, and their midos died along with them. I will say. Here's the incredible part. I will say these statements. These statements are more than 2,000 years old. More than 2,000 years old. And yet what? We are still here. So say, what you see over here is the incredible strength and resilience of cloudy Yisra. It's true. When these great men died, certain attributes and character traits died along with them. And when they died, there was a void that was left that is still a gaping hole to this very day. But the power of Cloudy Sir as a collective and and as as individuals, is even if we don't have everything we desire, we find a way to make it work. We are the people who find a way to build something magnificent with whatever building blocks are at our disposal, even if we don't have all of the ideal building blocks. With the loss of these great Rabbanim, the world lost special midos that we have yet to reclaim, Holes have yet to be filled. But yet, yet, look at us. I will say, there is no better ending of a Masechta. Because what this teaches us, I will say, is that even when you don't have everything you want in life, it doesn't mean you can't build something great. This is true as a collective, as a nation, and it's true as individuals. I will say, what a journey. What a magnificent journey. An absolutely overwhelming journey. And by the way, for the doubters, we finished. Right? With no recordings. You know who you are, right? And no homework. And no homework. And I will say, we finished. What an incredible schos to do our daft together each and every day as we finish this. And Details about the scene forthcoming. Tomorrow, I will say, we begin the incredible, beautiful journey. I will say, Mazatov and Mizokha Mirz Hashem to do our part to fill the voids of Kaladi Swell together for many years to come. Shkatha was